0: How you guys doing, good? You good? Good, good. Uh, before I start tonight, we have some guests of honour. Lance and Laura Blythe have returned to us. Eden is with us as well. Lance has assured me that they have been training her to heckle preachers. So uh, if that happens, then I'll know. It's because you're a great father already and she's listening to you. So congrats on making a human. Um, welcome. My name's Ash. I'm the youth pastor here. Uh, thank you, Adam, for that awesome uh, communion message. Uh, it was great. Uh, I, uh, I'm excited to preach tonight. Uh, we're continuing our series uh, on the, re- the revolution as we look through the book of Colossians. Uh, we maybe we'll begin with that tonight. Let's open up. If you brought your Bibles, if you brought your phones, if you brought your ancient scrolls, open them up. And uh, if not, that's all right, it'll be on the screen. Uh, Colossians 15. Uh, to 20. Uh, what we're reading tonight is a poem. It's a, uh, a letter from Paul to this church in Colossae, and this is a poem, uh, or a song, and it's meant to be a lyrical. It draws on uh, Old Testament imagery from Genesis, from Exodus, from Poplar, from, from Psalms, and is meant to really uh, uplift this church, um, and I'll explain why later on. Uh, but let's read together. Um, I may have read off the screen, just make sure I've got the right version. Uh, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. Uh, He is the beginning, the firstborn from among the dead, so that in every Everything, he might have the supremacy, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. We're going to unpack that a little bit uh, more tonight, but I'm just going to pray real quick that God would open our hearts and our minds and and just uh, leave us uh, in awe of him tonight. Lord, uh, speak tonight, Jesus. I pray that my words would not be my own, uh, that you would just have your way, that every word that I say would be directly from you, that you would, um, yeah, that you would lead people towards yourself tonight. Thank you for uh, the way that you are constantly reconciling people to you and bringing them home, Lord, and, and carrying them to, to a life uh, for you and a life of purpose and a life of peace. So we give you uh, all the thanks, all the praise and all the glory. And everyone said. Amen. Anyone who knows me... Uh, They know I'm quite a fan of Hamish and Andy. Any other Hamish and Andy fans in the room? A few of you. Cool. I I like their TV shows, Gap Year and Caravan of Courage and all that. Uh, But I'm actually more of a fan of their radio, their talkback radio. uh, They're not on the radio anymore, which is a shame. Uh, But that was my favourite Hamish and Andy medium to get my uh, intake. Uh, I would actually listen to going to sleep most nights. That says a bit about my weirdness, but uh, it would put me to sleep... um, I guess that's a good thing. It was relaxing. Uh, But I just love their humor. They're just so down to earth and chilled, and I really appreciate them. Uh, They have a podcast now. Does anyone listen to the podcast? Cool. Good stuff. Faithful fan. I like it. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It's only once a week, which is a bit of a bummer, but it's still really, really good. And last week's podcast, they were uh, poking a little bit of fun at uh, the the royal wedding kind of, but more at the show suits and how uh, over the last few weeks, the viewing of the show Suits would have gone up dramatically and they kind of did this thing about how the producers would get really, really excited that people were finally realising how awesome Suits was as a show and they wouldn't buy into the fact that it's only because of the royal wedding that people were watching the show Suits uh, and eventually concluded that, yes, people were only watching Suits because of Meghan Markle and Harry and their royal wedding. Who watched the royal wedding, by the way? few Ladies in the room, any guys watch the royal wedding? <laughs> Get out! <laughs> I'm not kidding. Um, I watched, I only watched the sermon because someone told me to uh, on YouTube. That was pretty, pretty intense, but awesome. Um, but I think something like two billion people watched this wedding uh, online. Like, that's a ridiculous amount of people that care about a royal wedding wedding and it 's evident to me as I look around in our culture, as I look around uh, in, in, in our churches even and, and even in my own heart, it matters who is on the throne. It matters who is king or queen, and, and it might not be royalty, it might not be like the literal queen that that uh, captures you, perhaps it 's AFL and the king of the AFL, I hate to admit it, but Dustin Martin is a freak. He's unbelievable. Gun the tigers. I'm a Hawks man, so that really hurts to admit. Um, I, I uh, my favourite player is Patrick Dangerfield, though. So um, he's also a gun, not even a Hawk. That says something about my faithfulness to them. But um, he's unreal, Justin Martin, and he is very much so an unbelievable footballer. He has just The most amazing skills, and uh, I'd be very surprised if he's not up there for the Brownlow again this year. Uh, And then, of course, there's Daniel Jones, the hero of the Donvale Football Club, King Dan over there. (laughs) Sorry about the corner of my eyes. Is that the Donvale hoodie you got on there, Dan? Cool. Cool. Good. That's new. Uh, I got one yesterday as well. But um, it matters who's king. It matters to us who is on the throne. It matters who has authority over our lives. It matters who is king. Paul, in this passage tonight to the Colossians, he's, uh, th- this, this story is one of four prison epistles. And what that means is that Paul literally wrote this letter in chains. Paul wrote it while he was not going too well. He, he writes it to a church that he didn't start. He writes it to a church that he's never met but he has a deep, deep love for this community and this church that has started up in Colossae and and is going really, really well. But he's he's heard reports that there's things in this this culture that are are working against the church, things that aren't going to plan, and and, and people are getting worried and edgy and wondering if they're really going to make it as Christians. As they they live their new new faith out in Jesus, they're they're wondering, will I last? Am I going to make it? There's two kind of forces going on that that are, are really threatening the life of these Christians and, and their faith in Jesus um, one is is this uh, this Jewish uh, Jewish influence in the culture which says that uh, Jesus is great but it's still really really important that we observe the law so in other words Jesus yep great guy, died on the cross, rose from the dead, awesome, but you're not saved unless you eat the right food, drink the right drink, keep the Sabbath, and do all of these 613 or something uh, laws, uh, you, better, you better be careful. Like, y- you're sure Jesus is everything, you better be sure I'm not sure, so we should, we should still be really, really careful to observe the law when, in fact, in the, in the gospel and very passionately from Paul, as we read his other letters, like, Jesus is either everything or he is nothing. And in fact, Jesus even says in in his writing, he didn't come to uh, abolish the law, he came to fulfill the law. In other words, the law, the entire uh, Old Testament and Old Covenant wasn't meant to give you a way to please God, it was to show you that you couldn't please him on your own, hence the need for a saviour. So that's the first thing that's threatening this church is this idea uh, of, of the importance of both law and Jesus. And Paul's kind of pressing back against that idea. And this other idea is, is this, uh, this other threat is the, that they live in this polytheistic culture that has many different kinds of gods. And so it's really, really tempting to just make Jesus one of them. So just make Jesus as another kind of, kind of common God and, and be worshipped, but kind of like, like, just do you. Like if you're following your God and you're, and you're happy doing that, then, then go for it. But, 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 but if you're following Jesus, then, then you follow him. But, but don't you dare say that Jesus is better than the others. Like that's not on. When in, in fact, Paul's saying, actually, he has to be better. Otherwise, you're not honoring him and giving him the place he deserves in your lives and in your church and, and in your heart. And Paul begins this letter uh, to the Colossians with this poem, with this, with this story. Like I said, it's using a lot of Old Testament imagery. It's using um, this really creative kind of twisted language a bit and painting pictures. And um, as I was reading it, I was kind of thinking, like, like, Paul, why do you begin your letter? And he only has four chapters. Like, he hasn't written a big, long essay to this church. Why do you begin your letter with a poem about Jesus, like like if I had was in jail and I had heard about this church struggling, and I was compelled to write a letter to them about the struggles they were facing. To be honest, I'd probably rush straight to the struggles. If I only had four chapters to write, I would probably um, not use a poem, and especially not at the start of the letter. I would actually kind of address the problems, and then later on, maybe if I had the time, I would I would get a bit creative, and uh, but not.